Georgia's DBHDD has an urgent health warning. One of every 10 counterfeit pills contain fentanyl, a powerful and very deadly drug. Pills from friends or dealers are unsafe, and one pill can cause an overdose. More info at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Thursday, May 11th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Fort Benning has a new name, and it's definitely a family affair, we'll explain. A new pilot program will bring health care to the homes of some expectant mothers. And this weekend, the Fox Theater in Atlanta will host a show in an effort to preserve Georgia's historic theaters. Members of Collective Soul and Driving and Crying will join us later in the podcast. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. The U.S. Army officially has renamed Georgia's Fort Benning as Fort Moore. Welcome again to Fort Moore, Georgia, home of the Maneuver Center of Excellence. At a ceremony today, Army officials recognized famed Vietnam Commander Lieutenant General Hal Moore and his wife, Julie. The renaming is one of nine the Army is making to comply with the 2020 federal law to remove Confederate names from military installations. Until today, the base was named for Henry Benning, a Confederate general. Garrison Commander Colonel Colin Malley said the Moors operated as a team, like other military families. We're the only one of the nine installations being renamed for a husband and wife team, and we think that that's just an amazing way to align ourselves with and really elevate the Army family to a new level. Hal Moore spent three decades in the Army, highlighted by heroism detailed in the best-selling book We Were Soldiers Once in Young. Julie Moore volunteered in Army hospitals, pushed for better Army daycare, and helped change the way the Army notifies families of a soldier's death, with a uniformed officer and a chaplain instead of a telegram. Their son, David Moore. We are just so proud that we're able to offer mom and dad to the Army, to the nation, and, uh, and their name will be affixed to an installation that was present throughout their lives. Hal and Julie Moore are buried at Fort Moore near Columbus. Georgia's new budget provides $1.7 million to the state health department for a pilot program to bring health care to the homes of some expectant mothers and very young children. GPB's Ellen Eldridge has more. In the pilot, a mix of nurses and other workers will provide in-home primary health care to more low-income families. This will include promotion of healthy pregnancies in women at risk of complications from chronic health conditions like HIV. The Georgia Department of Public Health says home visiting programs like these can save lives. William Bell is with the state health department. The overall goals of uh, the home visiting program are to increase healthy pregnancies, improve parenting skills, improve child health and development, strengthen family connectedness to community supports, and reduce childhood abuse and neglect. The application window for the home visit pilot program is now open. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. As the Trump era immigration policy known as Title 42 is set to expire at midnight tonight, Atlanta is only one of two cities in the Southeast to receive new federal funding to support humanitarian needs. The Federal Emergency Management Agency announced last week Atlanta would receive nearly $7 million for a food and shelter program tied to migration. Miami is the only other southeastern city getting funding, as cities mostly in the southwest expect a surge in new migrants. The convicted felon who fired a gun at Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport a year and a half ago was sentenced today to 10 years in federal prison. 
Kenny Wells Jr. caused panic and chaos for travelers and led police on a three-day manhunt before turning himself in. TSA agents say they found a gun in his bag and pulled him aside for screening when he lunged into the bag, discharging the gun. No one was injured. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelsky, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcasts or download it on your favorite podcast platform. On the heels of the closure of Atlanta Medical Center, the people who understand Georgia's trauma system best say there's a lot of improvements to make across the state. As GPB's Sophie Gratis reports, rural trauma hospitals are especially susceptible to these vulnerabilities. Crisp Regional Hospital sits off a strip of I-75 running south of Macon, down to the border with Florida. This area has an unfortunate nickname. Quarter death. That's EMS director for Crisp County, David Edwards. The nickname refers to a lack of emergency care, but Edwards says corridor of death can be misleading. There are hospitals and ambulances south of Macon. You know, that term just implies that there's just not a lot of trauma services readily available through that route. Trauma centers see patients with critical injuries, like from a car crash, firearm, or a bad fall. There are only nine designated trauma centers south of Macon, not including the one in town, to treat those patients. North of the city, there are 20. The goal, obviously, is to get the right patients to the right place at the right time. And sometimes that's, that's just difficult to do. In January, the American College of Surgeons heard testimony from nurses, hospital directors, and public health administrators who all shared similar stories about limited trauma services in rural Georgia, like this hospital executive from Hazelhurst. We had a patient that we really are not positioned to take care of that we've held for nine hours in our ED. And this emergency service provider. Realistically, as a paramedic, an hour away from a level one trauma center, hour and a half away, from a level one trauma center. It's like me trying to fly to a moon with a seriously injured patient. This was the second review of Georgia's trauma system by the American College of Surgeons, which sets most standards for trauma hospitals in the state. A final report from the visit, published in April, points to several problems, and they're all about logistics. Imagine an airport like Hartsfield-Jackson. Now imagine landing all of those planes without a control tower. The Georgia Coordinating Center, hosted by Grady Memorial Hospital, could maybe play that role. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that existed. Says trauma director and general surgeon at Crisp Regional Hospital, Alicia Register. The review team found there isn't an agreed-on rulebook or leading agency telling trauma hospitals in the system how to work with each other. There's not even one definition for when a center is at capacity, known as being on diversion. And the report recognizes that rural hospitals, especially in South Georgia, like Alicia Registers in Crisp County, are most affected by these flaws in the system. We're kind of one of the most, I hate to say desolate, but yeah, like we're one of the most desolate regions in Georgia. There are four levels of trauma hospitals, with level ones being the most specialized. Crisp Regional Hospital is a level three. Register spends a lot of her time trying to transfer patients who are up against the clock to a better resource facility. It can get frustrating, to say the least, when you feel like, I don't have the resources, I know they need something more, but it's taken a really long time for me to get help. 
During the system review in January, Register told the panel there's been times when she's spent up to two hours just finding a place for a patient to go, a distraction from the other care she has to provide. Liz Atkins is the executive director of the Georgia Trauma Commission. She says there might as well be as many ways for a hospital to manage trauma transfers as there are counties in the state. So if every single 159 county service in Georgia is able to determine their own destination protocols, then we have no standardization. Atkins says that's why the state needs a new trauma system rulebook. But she says there's hardly any reliable data on how quickly trauma patients are transferred between Georgia hospitals. That makes it nearly impossible to know where to even begin making changes. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Gratis in Macon. South Korean automaker Hyundai and Savannah Technical College signed an agreement yesterday for a new program aimed at training some of the 8,000 workers expected at a new electric vehicle plant. The college's vice president of economic development, Tal Lose, says Savannah Tech has been working behind the scenes for months on a seven-week course for students to be trained in electric vehicle manufacturing. They also will start um, at some point during the program, actually do their interview. And then once they finish that program, they will be made to offer go to work at Hyundai. Los expects the program to expand to other technical colleges in South Georgia as hiring begins for the plant in Bryan County next year. Federal transportation officials have given the Georgia Ports Authority the green light to build an inland port in Gainesville. GPA plans to build a rail hub that will take containerized cargo by rail from the Port of Savannah and transfer the containers to trucks in Gainesville. Officials estimate the project will avoid 36 million truck miles a year when it's complete in 2026. The U.S. Department of Transportation is helping to fund the project with a $6 million grant. This weekend, musicians from Georgia and across the country will take to the stage at the Fox Theater in Atlanta with a mission to raise money to preserve Georgia's historic theaters and expand the Fox's education programs. Two of those musicians with Georgia Roots are with me in the studio now to talk about the show. Ed Rowland has been a singer and songwriter for Collective Soul for going on three decades, and Kevin Kinney, singer and songwriter for Driving and Crying. Ed, thanks very much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you it. so much. Anytime I get to hang out with Kevin's a blessing, so... Thank you. I'm about to share in that blessing. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Uh, all right. Thanks, Thanks <laughs> we'll st- for having me. We'll start with you, Kevin, because you're the host of the show. Uh, I'd like to ask you first, and I'd love to hear from you on this, Ed, as well. What made you say yes to hosting a show like this, this fundraiser at the Fox? You know, for me, in, a, in this era where people aren't going to theaters anymore and kids aren't even growing up in theaters, they're streaming constantly in the in the family playroom or the whatever it, it's a it's a rare thing to get everybody together and it was a it, and as a parent it was not a lot of fun bringing your kids to the theater but it was a, it, but it's a great memory for all of us and so for me it's the 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 american theater it's it's not only a building but it's it's a place that we can that we all celebrated being one thing together like when somebody went to go see Ghostbusters or E.T. It was people from all walks of life, all getting together and laughing or doing whatever came naturally to them, you know. And what about you, Ed? What, what brings you to a fundraiser like this? My mom, after my dad passed, became an usher at the Fox. And it was an escape for her. And she got to see plays. And I was like, I forgot that there were plays. And I can remember it, it joggled my mind that mom and dad took me to go see all these great plays at the Fox Theater. And it's just, and it's a beautiful place. It's something that for me, there's a lot of memories. First, I skipped my senior, junior, senior prom because Mother's Finest was playing two shows the same night. So I went to the second show. So I can't wait to tell him that. And then 
this will be my fourth time on that stage. REM open for the police. And I'll, I'll do my best, Michael, Stipe impersonation. Anybody wants to come up here and dance, you can dance with us. And uh, So you did? So I did. It was just <laughs> me and my buddy because we were the only two up there just dancing with Michael Stipe. We didn't, you know. And then we were fortunate enough to do a show with Lenny Kravitz there. So to, to me, there's, a, there's an aura about that place. What can people expect when they sit down and, and go to the show and, and the curtains open? Peter Buck is joining us for our, mm-hmm. our show. He's going to play with Collective Soul. He's going to play with Driving and Crying. Um, also, Lenny Kay uh, from the Patti Smith Group, who curated the um, compilation called Nuggets, which is a psychedelic of, of a vast array of psychedelic uh, singles that he put together uh, 50 years ago. He's having his 50th anniversary. He's joining us for a 15-minute nugget um, celebration. He's coming down from the Patti Smith Group. And the last time he played the Fox was uh, Patti Smith Group was the band opening for the Rolling Stones. Uh, oh, when they oh back in, in that, that surprise. Or something yeah, that like surprise that. thing. Yeah, so He hasn't been back there since. And his first single in 1968 was called Crazy Like a Fox. So he's going to be re- recreating that song. Perfect. That's Crazy awesome. Like a Fox. Perfect so it's, like, it's, it's going to be a great night of, of celebration. And But I did want to ask you, Ed, too, because you've got quite a huge catalog over the decades. What can people expect from you? Most Mostly new work, some of your classics. What do you think? Uh, well, we'd like to play some new stuff. I mean, you know, anytime you hear Driving and Crying, you go see them, They you, you sprinkle it in. Yeah. You just you, and you always start the set with the new songs because yeah. they're excited. So you don't you don't give them a bathroom break. And bring the hits in later. <laughs> Collective okay. Soul is one of those bands that it's just one of my favorite Georgia, but also American bands. It's really amazing to see them at the Fox. You know, it, it the venue the venue is always the fifth member of the band. I know. Oh, that's everybody great. Has more, that is. But the venue really is when you go see John. You know. If we play the Star Bar, or if we play the Fox, or we play an outdoor venue, the venue is really the fifth member of whatever band it is. And so, you know, if you've seen Collective Soul at the amphitheaters, that's a groovy scene. If you've seen them at Music Midtown or in a bar or whatever, the Fox adds it, a whole new element it does. to anything that's happening. The same thing. thing. It's the energy that Driving and Crying brings anywhere, any stage they play. The energy is just different at the Fox. It just is. And right. like you said, it's a... It's a fifth member. At how much are tickets? Forty to seventy-five dollars, and what a deal! And it's uh, fifteen hundred dollars cheaper than some of these stadium shows we've been. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin Kinney, uh, singer and songwriter for Driving and Crying, host of this fundraiser for the fifth member. Also, Ed Roland of Collective Soul performing as well. Thank you both very much for being here. Really appreciate it. Well, well thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Peter. And that performance is coming up on Saturday, May 13th. You can find a video of our extended conversation, plus a link to more info at gpb.org news. And that's all the news that is fit to broadcast on this edition of Georgia Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, Check out our website, gpb.org slash news. And remember to subscribe to this podcast so we'll be there for you in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon. If you've got feedback or a story idea, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.